This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It is 5.08 and you're listening to the Evening Edition with Lynn. Today, it is the continuation of our week-long series, Understanding Refugees, where we will be hearing from an organisation that offers micro-entrepreneurship training to refugees so that they can make a living. Now, just a little recap on what we have covered over the past couple of days. On Monday, we spoke about the history and background of refugees. Uh, yesterday, we talked about the legal rights that refugees have within Malaysia and today, as mentioned, we are going to be talking about entrepreneurship and how people from the refugee community can earn a living from from running profitable businesses to help cover their living costs. Now, there are companies in our country that have worked with refugees, including Picha Eats, um, as well as Fujila. But today we're going to be hearing from Talent Pack, which is an organisation that does offer that training. Uh, The workshop, which is on micro-entrepreneurship, runs for five months, after which participants can go on to start their own businesses. And if you look at the kinds of businesses that um, previous participants have launched. It includes catering, tailoring, transportation, photography, digital marketing and the like. And uh, the trainer of the workshop is also a previous participant herself, Sarah, a refugee from Afghanistan. And we are going to be hearing from her very shortly. Let us know, uh, do you have any thoughts you'd like to share on this? And would you like to support a refugee-run business? You can call 7733-2900, send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. After this, we'll be speaking with Charu Agawal, who is the co-founder and managing director at Talent Pack, and Sarah, who is a program associate and trainer for the training workshops. Keep it here on the Evening Edition, BFM 89.9. Beyond Frivolous Matters, BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It is 5.11 and you're listening to the Evening Edition with Lynn. It is episode three of our week-long series, Understanding Refugees. Today, we are going to be talking about entrepreneurship. Now, uh, let us know what are your thoughts on this and would you like to support a refugee-run business? That number to call is 7733-2900. Send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. Joining us now, we have Charu Agawal, who's the co-founder and managing director at Talent Pack, as well as Sarah, who is a program associate and trainer for the workshops. Sarah, Charu, thank you so much for speaking with us today. Thank you so much for having us. So, um, as we know, refugees and asylum seekers are not given the right to find legal employment in Malaysia. This is something we have been talking about. What options do they then have to earn an income and support their families? So unless they have family members or friends uh, who have been resettled abroad, which probably accounts for less than 10% um, who are able to send them funds every month to support them, the 90% of refugees have no option but to work in the informal sector. And that means working the dirty, dangerous and difficult jobs in Malaysia. There seems to be a common misconception that UNHCR is looking after the refugees. But UN does not have the resources to provide housing, food, um, medical and other basic needs for refugees. So working in the informal sector is their only choice. And that comes with the terrain of low wages, long hours, no job security, no payment of wages in time, uh, no benefits, medical benefits or any paid leave. So their options are pretty much not really there. 
So then how does something like self-employment help to circumvent the restrictions that are placed on refugees in Malaysia? So self-employment allows refugees to work from the comfort and security of their own homes. Uh, Many are unwilling to go out to work for the fear of being mistaken for an illegal immigrant and being arrested. So we find that self-employment actually really benefits women a lot because often due to childcare, lack of education, which then leads to language barriers or cultural reasons, women are forced to stay at home and this can really take a toll on their mental health. It's very isolating and depressing uh, being stuck at home in an unknown country. Um, There's a huge marketplace within the refugee community. When they start their own business, they are not taking jobs away from Malaysians. They're actually catering to their own community needs. So it's also very familiar for them. So it makes it very easy for them to continue. And it's something that's more sustainable for them. Which is what we're here to talk about today, because Talent Pack does run a workshop to train refugees to become micro entrepreneurs. Um, Talk to us about how this program first came about. So I used to work with UNHCR for a couple of years, and so I was familiar with the challenges refugees faced. And I really wanted to find a way to help them with the whole livelihood question, because that seems to be that seemed to be a major problem for most of them, um, and without violating any local laws. So we tested this idea of a micro-entrepreneurship training program with 20 refugees in 2017. And the feedback was very encouraging. Many of them already had skills in whether it was tailoring or catering or specific skills, or they did run a business back home. Um, So it was sort of easy to get them started. Uh, And back then, we didn't have any funding. So we only did the workshops without any sort of capital injection to purchase business equipment or seed funding. Um, But then we managed to get funding through UNHCR. And now we've been funded by Yayasan Hassana for the past couple of years. So, Sarah, you were actually a participant. Now you're conducting the training programs. What were you doing prior to attending the workshop and how did you hear about it? Hey, hi, good evening and uh, thank you for having us. Um, Actually, before uh, the program, I was a housewife, mother of two kids, and uh, my husband used to work as a car painter and only was earning uh, $1,200 per month. And actually, that was not enough. Um, basically, we were struggling a lot to survive. And I, I felt that less worthy and not contributing with the family expenses. And however, I was studied in uh, Kabul University, but uh, due to migrations and face, uh, facing with multiple challenges, I had uh, like feeling of low self-esteem and confidence. So fortunately, I heard about the program uh, from one of my community members about the Talent Pack. And after joining the program, actually the new chapter of my life opened and my life changed literally. So what would you say is the significance of the workshop being conducted by, you know, not just someone who has been through the program, but who is also part of the refugee community? Well, um, so basically, first of all, um, uh, the community members, especially for the female uh, generation, they are trusting because when they observing that another community member as a role model is uh, able to conduct decisions and also to be able to provide uh, like the training and also support them through the pro- program. And also, uh, they, uh, actually, I'm running the workshop in Dari language, so that's easier to understand. 
and they feel more comfortable asking questions. Sarah, before we continue, I wanted to ask, I mean, you went through the program. So what did you start doing after that? What was your business? Okay, actually, I uh, start uh, selling uh, sandwiches and also basically snacks to refugee uh, uh, students. First of all, I was identified some of the refugee schools. And then I start uh, preparing uh, homemade snacks and then sell to the students. And how has that been going? Uh, actually, the progress was very uh, satisfying because um, um, I was able to earn about uh, 2000 in a month. And that, that was uh, actually a big change in my life and whole of the family life because I was able to support the family uh, through my uh, profit that I was making every month. Oh, that's wonderful. I, and, you know, you mentioned the, you know, the language in which you conduct the workshop, uh, the ability to ask questions. Could you walk us through the training workshop itself? What does it entail? What happens? Okay, uh, so first of all, about the language, uh, because when the uh, uh, this woman, I mean the housewives or the uh, refugee Afghan women, the first problem they have is the language barrier. Uh, so contributing with the society or uh, understanding Malay or either English is difficult. So when the session is conducting in English, that's, that is in Dari, that's very easy for them to understand. So basically the participants attend uh, into 20 sessions over a five-month period, which consists of business uh, workshop, which starts with idea generation, all the way to writing a simple business plan, and we plan them come up with a business idea and uh, they then uh, test the idea for demand by speaking to potential customers and running a pilot. And we teach them how to uh, keep simple accounts, how to calculate their profit, how to market their products. And if they are able to show as their business, uh, business can scale, they pitch for a grant which they can use to buy equipments or anything they need actually for their business. So uh, we also support them uh, with monthly one-to-one coaching and also mental wellness support sessions. Charu, we've heard what Sarah's doing um, post-workshop, but talk to us about some of the other participants and the small businesses they've gone on to develop, uh, as well as the impact that the workshop has had. Sure. So the most common businesses that they want to start, we always get that is tailoring and catering. Everybody wants to do tailoring or catering. And we're like, guys, let's try something different. Uh, but yeah, the common ones are tailoring, bakery, uh, bakery catering, uh, home beauty salon, and English classes. And that's because they have a lot of skills in these areas. Uh, the more innovative ones we've had is we've had someone start a kindergarten for refugee kids uh, because parents need to go to work and they can't afford um, Malaysian daycare rates. So she started a daycare in a house just for refugee kids um, at prices that were friendlier to refugees. Um, then we had someone start a female-only gym. The argument being that the most of the gyms in Malaysia are unisex and some women don't feel comfortable going in there. So she rented a space in her community center and turned that into a gym. She bought all the equipment and that was very successful. Uh, we've also had someone do a transportation service. So it's almost like a grab. The difference being that he speaks your language. So if you're not comfortable or if you can't speak Malay, English, 
and you're hesitant to go out, you can call him and rent his car and he'll drive you around and you pay him accordingly. Mm. Um, so those were some of the businesses we've seen. Um, in terms of impact, um, so we've seen participants develop so much of confidence uh, and pr- after joining the program. Um, and it's a bit like what Sadiqa has told you. I remember interviewing Sadiqa for the first program and she was so shy and she didn't have the confidence. And after the program, just because she did something on her own, she developed so much of confidence and that just led her to so many more different opportunities. Um, so we find that they're happier, they're more confident. It gives them purpose, takes their mind off negative thoughts. And more importantly for women, it gives them financial independence and a voice in their house. Family members view them differently and they feel respected. They also feel like they're developing skills which they can, which will help them once they're resettled, as opposed to just sitting around in Malaysia waiting to get resettled. Now they sort of feel like I'm learning something. I want once I'm resettled, I can start my own business there. Sarah, I thought um, you could also help us understand what kind of support participants may need once they've completed the program and they've started their business. What are the challenges in keeping businesses sustainable? Well, um, I think um, after the uh, uh, program done, the the other supports that they will need is one-to-one coaching and funding uh, to expand their business, like uh, um, to buy some equipments if they need need for their business to expand, or access to more customers via bazaars or other opportunities. And Charu, at the moment, the training program is catered to around 30 to 40 people at a go. Are there plans to expand this? So no immediate plans, uh, but definitely something we will look into in the future. And the reason being is our program is very high touch. We meet our participants in person once a week over a 20-week period. Um, And in order to expand, we need good trainers from the community so we need to sort of work on training training the trainers within the community. But it's a long-term plan, not an immediate plan. And we heard earlier from Sarah about how she heard about it, but what kind of outreach is happening in terms of telling the refugee community that this is something that exists, that this is something that they can participate in? So we've been working with the Afghan community for over the past few years, and they've actually become very, very familiar with us. Uh, to the extent that many even want to apply before our application is officially open. They, they'll message us and say, we want to apply. Um, so we found recruitment has gotten a lot easier with the Afghan community. And when they come for the interview, they seem to know everything about the program. And it's because they've seen another entrepreneur in the community who was a past participant, and they've been inspired by the person. So we're finding the word of mouth is really doing its work, and there's not much more for us to do in terms of reaching uh, other people. And in closing, how can we, all of us, uh, support this community of entrepreneurs? Um, So we can support them by buying from them. I mean, they might be a refugee entrepreneur in your apartment building, at your workplace, uh, around you. So if you know there's someone there, try and support them. Give them opportunities to showcase their products. Um, Give them access to customers in the Malaysian market. Uh, I think that's what they need. Uh, Refugees are more than happy to work. They've got the skills. They just want to be recognized and given the opportunities to to, uh, showcase themselves. Charu, sorry, go on. No, sorry, I was wondering if Sarah wants to add to that. Um, Yeah, uh, for adding to this, uh, also I'm hearing from uh, many of our uh, previous participants uh, that if there would be any resources uh, that they could connect with the locals 
if there is any like uh, markets or any group or any other platforms that they can sell their products, it would be very helpful for all of them. Sarah, Charu, thank you both so much for speaking with us today. Thank you. Thank you. That was Charu Agawal, co-founder and managing director at Talent Pack, as well as Sarah, who is a program associate and the trainer for the training workshops. Uh, Talent Pack offers micro-entrepreneurship training in Malaysia to refugees. Let us know, um, would you like to support a refugee-run business? Do you already? You know, Do you know somebody near you uh, who is a refugee from whom you buy? Let us know. That number to call is 7733-2900. Send a voice note to 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.